Okay, my friends, have you listened to one of my dearest friends' podcast, The Human Hope Podcast? If you like what you're hearing over here, I really think you'll enjoy Human Hope. Carlos Whitaker is one of my favorite people of all time. We have been friends for over a decade. He's a husband, father, speaker, moment maker, spider killer, and is really good at teaching us how to human. Maybe you even caught his episode on this podcast in season one. He has been such an inspiring voice in our lives when we have needed him most. In a time where humanity is desperate to find hope, Carlos leads us in conversations that bring us just that. From fun discussions about everyday joy to polarizing and challenging topics, Carlos is showing even the most callous heart that there is still hope in humanity, which we all need. Tune in every Thursday to hear culturally relevant and timely conversations where hope is needed or where hope may already be evident. Listen and subscribe to Human Hope right now so you never miss an episode. Hey guys, I cannot wait for y'all to meet my friend Mia Fields. She is someone I met and immediately felt kindred to. We're girls who want God to write impossible stories with our lives, and there is no question that he has done that in Mia's life. So let's jump right in and let her tell her story to build your faith and blow your mind. Welcome to Coffee with Kaylee, everybody. We have a very special guest, my Aussie friend here, Mia Fields. Hey, <laughs> do you still do you use your maiden name? Yeah, I mean, I use both. Yeah, often. Okay. All right. Mia Fields, Mia Donovan, Mia Fields Donovan, whatever you want to call I me. I love it. That's how. How can people find you on the internet? Which one is it? Just Mia Fields. Just Mia Fields. That's what and I'm then it has Donovan in brackets, <laughs> in case you need some clarification. You know what it is? It's that I like. I haven't. I realized how difficult it is to change your name. And I was like, I still haven't got around to it. It is a doozy. There's so, like a service. Someone. I, what? Yes. yes. Revelation. <laughs> Before we hit record on this, we were discussing the services that we have employed since becoming parents. Oh, yeah. And this is this would be one that's I, I don't I didn't do it, but it happened after I got married. I was like, whoever invented that is a genius. Can't tell you what it's called, but I saw That's it okay. somewhere. It's just a Google search away. It's a away. Google search away that someone will help you take care of it. Okay, I'm on it. Yeah, you need to do it. You need to do it. Yeah, I'm going to have the same last name as my kid officially. Yeah. <laughs> oh I cannot wait for you to tell your story. Um, I But I want to go all the way back. Like, I think y'all's story, even finding each other, you and Joran, is so beautiful. And I love stories that give people hope. And that's what this podcast is about and your story in finding your future husband and your journey to becoming a mother are both really beautiful. But to become really beautiful, sometimes things have to be really hard. Yeah. And a lot of people go through really hard things. Yeah. You know, I th I think there's like an opportunity for an upgrade in every hard thing. Um, and honestly, I don't know how for me personally, I don't know how people do it without like faith, you know, without yeah. having like something to believe in. Um, so, you know, it's funny because I, if I, if I could go back, like I wouldn't change anything, but in the moments of waiting and having to walk things out in the, in a way that felt like a little bit hopeless, you know, it was incredibly hard and it was something that I, I wished I wasn't navigating at the time. But I look back and I think about what I got in that season. You know, there's this, um, a lot of people are like pretty confused about what faith is. Faith is literally just being convinced about who God is and, mm -hmm. and his nature. And you become more and more convinced the more you use your faith. You yeah. know, we can say, God, give me faith. But, you know, the Bible actually says he's already given it to us. He's given every person a measure of faith and you actually grow it by using it. Um, so, yeah, looking back, I'm really glad that like I've had an opportunity to use my faith, you know. So um, I had kind of seen God move in every single area of my life um, except for one and that was in the area of like romantic relationships, um, which I think no girl wants to admit because I think there's this weird thing where we feel like we can't talk about it mm -hmm. and we feel like we have to be like I'm I'm superwoman and I'm okay and I'm like look at me, I'm Miss Independent. And I don't even know that that's the healthiest way to be. You know, there's something really beautiful about, about a partnership and about like wanting a partnership um, and you don't have to feel ashamed about that. So I was, you know, my experience had been that over and over again, I'd just been really disappointed and I'd never really even dated anyone for longer than like a month or two because it just always ended up really horrible, you know, or like just disappointing. 
um, which when when you're the common denominator, you start to maybe question if you're doing something wrong, which I think is yeah. a great thing to like maybe like self-reflect. Yeah. But, you know, this just happened to be an area where I just didn't seem to see God in. You know, I'd seen him move in my finance. I'd seen him move in career, in friendships. So I knew that he was interested in relationships. I just couldn't figure out what this thing was. Um, and I remember um, having this one moment where, you know, it was actually when our church, The Belonging, first started. There was like six of us in a basement. And, you know, I had this moment where I was sitting under a pool table, like just kind of praying and kind of crying out to God and saying, God, I really, I want to believe you in this area, but I, I don't know how. And I, I haven't seen you move. And God said to me, like, will you let me heal the sickness with no name? Mm. And I was like, well, what's that? Like, yeah. you know, when you pray something, you're like, that wasn't me because I wouldn't maybe right. frame like, it up I don't like even know. That. You tell yeah. me what the sickness yeah, what's the is. Sickness? <laughs> no, what no, is no. And, and and you know he kind of started to reveal that like you know it's you you have become so disappointed in this area that it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of filtering every like it's your filter for everything I'm doing, and so you like even if I was doing something you wouldn't recognize it because you don't know how to remove that filter, and so he was saying would you let me heal that so you can see ahead differently. And I said, yeah, you know, and then God started like taking me on this journey where, you know, instead of finishing the year or finishing like different seasons, disappointed and like feeling like I didn't see God move and um, I'm, mm. my experience has been terrible. Instead of living through my negative experience, I started living through the expectation that my experience was going to be different, which I think is such a massive thing, you know, yeah. to not, and if your history isn't, if your history with God, you know, feels like disappointing it's a really great thing to go back and just find the moments that that he did move and find the moments to be grateful for and if you can't find them in your own life look at somebody else's life and find them there and say if God can do it for them he can do it for me so that's what I started to do and then I had um this moment um where I was just in church and I mean I think God can speak to you anyway but it was anywhere but I think it was sweet that it was in, in our church and I had this moment where I said, God, I'm going to keep trusting you in this area, but I really need to know what you're going to do. And, you know, that's the thing about God. He doesn't just say he has the, he knows the plans he has for us. Like, you know, he actually wants to let us in on them and for us to learn how to partner with him. Um, and I, I saw this vision in like in church, which sounds incredibly cuckoo, but no, like, you know, but yeah. I'm like, but I love those moments in church, you know, especially when like, you know, when you realize like how intentional and how personal God is, that he actually really does want to speak into your life, give you solutions, give you answers, give you framework, give you something to partner with. Um, and I saw in this vision, um, this warehouse full of just one-off pieces of furniture, amazing one-off pieces of furniture. And um, God was beside me in the in the vision, it was, I knew it was the father heart of God. And he turned to me and he said, you can pick anything you want. And for me, like, you know, when God says something, it has so much, it's so loaded, you know, it's so simple, yeah. but it's so loaded. And for me, it was like, he was saying like, like, regardless of any of the limitations or any of the parameters that people have put on you, like you're this age or like, you know, you're at this place in life or, you know, you live in the South and everybody's married at 19, you know, <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> you know, country. you know, you're a lost cause. Um, you know, and I was like maybe 32 or 33 at the time. And, and I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be the poster child for how to get married in your thirties, No, uh, but okay. I am, but I am really interested in like giving people, you know, I think we should all be interested in having a testimony to give people hope for whatever season they're in. Yes. So I see this um, furniture warehouse and God says, you can pick anything you want. And I remember in the vision walking around and like, these one of amazing pieces of furniture and feeling like, oh yeah, this could be it. But every time I would get to the furniture, I'd feel like, no, that's not it. And honestly, that is how I'd felt in my mm. dating relationships. Like I'd felt like I just don't have peace about this. Yes, it's technically really good, but I just don't have peace about it. And I know it's it's not for me. And I ended up going back to God in the, after a while in this vision and saying like, I, I don't want to do this without you. Like I want you to pick with me. And and he got down on my level and he said, you know, Mia, everything here is good. I'm the one who created everything here. Mm. And, you know, he's talking about like people, you know, like everything here is so good. But he said, there are things here that are better for you than other things. And then he whispers to me like, but if you really want me to pick for you and put, pick with you, I will custom make it for you. But that means you're going to be empty handed for a little bit longer because custom made things take a little bit longer. Mm. And I remember saying to God, okay. And then the vision was over. 
And, you know, right there, like have this opportunity to either be like, did I just totally make that up in my head? (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think I'm that creative. So I just, I chose to believe it. And I chose to believe that God had really spoken to me. And to be honest, I went a little bit rogue. And I think maybe that's sometimes why God does speak to me is because he knows I'm going to get be a loud mouth about it. (laughs) So I started telling all my friends, like God's custom making me a husband. And I think they thought I was insane. But, you know let your fruit speak for itself. So, um, so I kind of went on this journey with God where, where I was looking for evidence of what he was doing instead of what he wasn't doing. And I think that so many people, you have like such an, you will find whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for negativity, you will find it. If you're looking for like, like who's against you, you'll find it. If you're looking for like nothing's happening, you will find that. But if you're looking for like every day's got possibility, uh, God can do anything. God can do a miracle. He's the God of the impossible. Like, and he really can make a way when, when there's nothing on the horizon line. If you're looking for that, you'll start to see like little, little rays of light on the horizon line. Mm. And so I just went on this journey where I like quite literally started looking for evidence of what God was doing, looking for evidence of like, you know, just him custom making something. And that, that didn't mean I was going like scouting out every boy. <laughs> um, but like I was just my, it's like I put my antenna up and I was just yeah. like, I'm going to tune in. And, you know, I had this other moment a couple of months later where um, I was in, I was in church again and um, they had just finished preaching about the walls of Jericho. And they said, you know, what do you do when you reach a promise, but you hit a wall? And I was like, well, that feels like wow. where I'm at. I've got a promise, but I don't actually know what to do. And, you know, I remember like them just talking about like sometimes you got to march around the wall a few times, you know. And so I went home because I'd, I'd gotten this other little promise from God where he'd said to me, it's in the mail. And I mean, when I talk about like I literally was looking for evidence, like sometimes <laughs> it was like even not even in the right framework, but like he'd said to me, it's in the mail. So I, I go on to like restoration hardware and just look up hypothetically, how long it takes to make custom-made furniture. And I was like, 12 weeks? Oh, Valentine's Day is in 12 weeks. Of course God's going to give it to me for what Valentine's Day. This is going to be amazing. Like, And, you know, that's so funny how we think God, we know what God's doing yeah. and we kind of tr- keep trying to, like, put him in a box and keep trying to be like, okay, you're going to do it this way. Um, but that's just not how he is, you know, and it's he's, you know, faith isn't about putting your hope in how a situation will turn out. It's actually about putting your hope in what God is like, mm. you know, because if you do that, then it, it really doesn't matter if a situation turns out, you know, you know, I have, I, I've had so many moments where God has said to me, do you trust that I can keep my word to you, even if this doesn't work out? And I've had to say yes, yep. you know, and if you can't say yes, then I think, I think that's like a good, a good indicator that there's maybe like something that needs to be healed there if you don't trust yep. that God is for you, you know, and that he really can. So anyway, it's in the mail, <laughs> walls of Jericho. And then I go home and I was living in this apartment building and I thought, I'm going to march around the mail building. Like, so I started marching around the mail building <laughs> at like midnight and I marched around seven times and I got around the seventh time and then an angel appeared. No, that's just a joke. Oh my um, God. I was like, <laughs> but wouldn't that be great? You know, but, I, but this is the great thing about faith is I think we're waiting for this big moment. And like often it, like faith is so... Uh, it's it's so convinced, you know, that it, it doesn't even need the big moment. It's just like, you know what, I know that heaven saw that. I know that it mattered. Yeah. I know that it was significant. I know that it was even a little bit foolish, you know, and come on, it's really weird to look out your window and <laughs> see like, some random girl. making a couple laps. There yeah, she she's, on, she's on her sixth lap. Um, <laughs> is she going to get to the seventh Where's and then the have, a, is it yeah, have a little bit of a like shofar moment? Um <laughs> So, but I got to the seventh lap and nothing happened. And I just, I just prayed and I said, God, thanks that you saw that. And Mm -hmm. like that I can, you know, do things in the natural sometimes that partner with what I'm believing for in, in the spirit, you know, and that there's something to that as well. Like just doing something in the natural that like, is like almost like a stake in the ground. Mm -hmm. So, um, I went to bed and nothing happened. And then in the morning when I woke up, I had two messages from people that I hadn't heard from in a long, long time. And both of them had had dreams about me getting married. Um, And one of them had said, you know, I had a dream you got married and it just happened, you know, and it was like your wedding was teal themed. And I was like, teal? I hate teal. (laughs) But all the same, I went to Home Depot and I got all the teal color swatches and started writing stuff on the back of them and like things I was believing for on the back, which is quite funny Um, because I was like, well, I need something to hold on to. And honestly, I had this box full of evidence of things that God was doing. That's so Um, And 
half of it seems very silly, like, and very foolish, but I'm so grateful that I have that because I, I have like a physical reminder of like what God did and, and the journey with him. Yeah. Long story short, nothing was happening for ages and I, I was going to Israel. So I thought, what a perfect place to look for evidence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So and Let's I, go to ground zero. Yeah, Let's go ground to the zero. Like I'm like, I'm going to go to Jesus' old stomping ground yeah. and I'm going to like go for it. And I remember, um, you know, going to the Sea of Galilee and thinking, you know, this place, lots of miracles have happened here. Like, you know, when, you know, the storm's been stilled, they've walked on water, you know, and the waves still remember what Jesus' footprints feel like. Mm. And wow. when the disciples did everything they could in their power, and they couldn't catch anything, Jesus said, try again. And they were like, they could have said, no, we've been disappointed. And mm. so like, no, like I'm not putting my net out again because what if I catch nothing again? And he said, just like, trust me, just try again. You know, and he's a carpenter and they're fishermen. They probably know best, but he's, they still trust him and they throw the net on the other side and they pull in more than they, more than they bargain for, you know? Like, and so I was at the Sea of Galilee and I thought, you know, this is a good place to like maybe put a stake in the ground. And I, I remember taking a rock from, like a big rock from the side of the Sea of Galilee and I thought, you know, I've seen God, you move in every every area and I just wrote marriage on the rock and I just prayed over the rock and I threw it into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and I'm like, I'm just going to leave this here till we mm -hmm. see some movement. Now, is throwing a rock in the sea going <laughs> to part the waters? I don't know. But, you know, for me it was like a significant moment, yeah. you know, and, and I, that whole trip I just was looking for evidence of what God was doing. You know, I went to the Wailing Wall and instead of pleading with God, I thanked him for the promise I already had, mm. you know, because I think sometimes we're looking for a new promise when the old one hasn't happened. So we're like, God, speak. God, speak, to, speak into this. Like, tell me what you're doing. And he's like, I have. I just need you to keep standing on that, yeah. you know. So I didn't, I didn't go to the Wailing Wall and beg him to do something. I went the wall, to the Wailing Wall and I thanked him for what he'd already done. And I shoved my prayer in the wailing wall. It was a gratitude prayer, not a not a please yeah. do this prayer. Which gratitude, that'll open the windows of Absolutely. heaven. Absolutely. Um, and like one of the last things I did when I was in Israel is we went to the, um, I don't know if I've told this part before, but we went to um, this field and they were like, this is the Ruth and Boaz field. And I was like, huh, like, well, wow. that's a God orchestrated story. So then when everyone was going back to the bus, I stayed and I was like, got my hands out and I was like, <laughs> God, thank you that I'm going to have a story like this. Yes. And then right after that, we went to this market and um, I thought, you know, I'm going to just get like a ring or something to remember this day by. And I went to this stall and um, they were selling rings, but they were all kind of too big. And I said to the woman, you know, do you have any rings that are smaller? And she says, no, the rings are for the men. Like kind of oh, like that, you know, she's yeah. like I'm, this is my yeah. best Israeli accent. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, she says the rings are for the men. And I was like, oh, okay, do you have any women's rings? She goes, no, no, just for the men. And I was like, okay. So I, I pick up these rings trying to find one that's small enough and I just can't. But I have two rings in my hand and I don't, for whatever reason I put one down and I, and I said to her, do they all have like Hebrew sayings on them? And she said, yeah, every ring has something from the Torah and um, all different. And I said, okay. And I said, and I, and I, I put down one ring and I hand her the one that's in my hand. And I said, what does this ring say? And she says, oh, this ring, it says, I am for my lover and my lover is for me. Oh. And I said, you know what? I'll take that ring. It doesn't fit me, but I'll take it. Well, I got back from, um, from Israel and I got this, um, this email from my now husband and it said, out of nowhere, you know, so like, I know it's so special how like you can think there's absolutely nothing moving in your life. There is nothing like on the horizon line. There's not even any hope of movement, but God can bring it out of complete left field. And I get this email and it says, you, you probably don't remember me, but two years ago I saw you at your church and you looked at me and you smiled and I've remembered it ever since. And I wondered if you would want to go on a date this weekend. I don't live in Nashville anymore, <laughs> but I would love to take you out. And I, I looked at it and, you know, then I obviously looked him up on Facebook. Yeah, because right. what, I'm covered yeah. in head to toe gels right yeah. now. By um, but it was so funny because I, I read that email and and I felt like God just say, see, I told you it was in the mail. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you meant the email. Gosh, you're, you're actually really funny, God. You're actually really funny. Which <laughs> he's God, up to date. He's tech, He's advanced. Honestly, he's, he's very funny. Like, you know, it's he's in the mail, heavy. the email. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow, like, he works so with fun. what we got going on. Yeah. You know? Um, and it was just so so special, like, because I got the email and I wrote back and I said, I was actually looking at the guy behind you, but, you know, I had to see what his sense of humor was like, you know? <laughs>
I was like, wait, were you serious? Yeah, I was looking at the guy behind you about like, sure, I'll go on a date with you. Um, <laughs> but I'd also gotten this like other word from someone and I don't recommend giving people like specific marriage words, but this was from someone who I really trusted and he said like, I had this vision of your husband and he had dark hair. He was a year older than you um, and he had a full head of hair and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> we received it. I was like, I was like, received. I partnered with that word. Um, and then he said he worked in like um, a government job. It was kind of like an accountant, but it wasn't an accountant. It was something else to do with like systems. And he had a kind heart towards God and he had a kind heart towards you. And, you know, when I, when I got this email, like I, I looked, you know, and I don't, I, I really, this is not to say like, I don't think you should ever be, be so like focused and so like set on, on, you know, a prophetic word. I think you should partner with them, but you have to hold everything loosely. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, in the kindness of God, I, um, Joran was all of those things, you know, he worked in government. He had dark hair and a full head of hair. He was like <laughs> a year older than me. He has kind eyes. He has like soft heart towards God. So, you know, it was so special because I'm, I mean, I'm reading this email and looking at his photo. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's him. Like that, that's, that's custom made. That's him. And then, you know, it, it's funny because when you get a promise, like, you know, it's not like then it's all just like, yeah, now just float until it, <laughs> until you, until you have a ring on your finger. It was like, you know, that week, I had a week where I could have partnered with like, well, my experience is that the guy doesn't show up, you know, on the first date. Or I could have partnered with my experience is that like his ex-girlfriend comes back into his life and, I, and I'm just like left, you know. But I just, I chose in that moment to be like, I'm just going to stay in hope. I'm going to stay grateful and I'm just going to keep moving towards that. And then, you know, we went, we went on our first date and then we got married six months later. And um, <laughs> the crazy thing is like the, the ring that I bought in Israel ended up being Joran's ring. It like fit him perfectly and it ended wow. up being his ring. And there's so many other details to that story, but I think it's just a reminder that God is so intentional about wanting us to have our own story. Like you don't have to copy everyone else's story. Okay. Yes, have things you look up to. Yes, have testimonies that give you faith, but you can have your own testimony and you can have your own story with God and it doesn't have to look like everybody else's. And to be honest, he doesn't want it to look like everybody mm. else's. You know, he wants to do something that's so uniquely special just, just for you. I know we're all looking for resources that can help us teach our kids and remind them the really true and really important things about them. And y'all, one of my BFFs, Annie F. Downs, has a brand new kids book that needs to bump to the top of your list. You may know Annie from her podcast, That Sounds Fun, or this podcast when she was a guest, or from the network that we're on together, the That Sounds Fun Network, or from her books for grownups, or even her first kids book, What Sounds Fun to You. But I wanted to be sure that you knew about this adorable new addition to her catalog. It is called So Happy to Know You. The heart of this picture book is to help your children learn early and often that being exactly who they are is the greatest gift. It's full of delightful illustrations and some alphabet fun, an A to Z look at all those special character qualities that can show our kids some of the amazing ways that God created them. Annie will teach the kids in your life to treasure how God made them special rather than trying to fit into others' expectations of them. Honestly, a message we can all learn from, right? So Happy to Know You releases on Tuesday, September 19th, and you can pre-order your copy right now at SoHappyToKnowYou.com. There are even some fun pre-order bonuses available, like a downloadable coloring page and a personalized book plate signed by Annie. Just go to SoHappyToKnowYou.com for all the details. I'm so excited about something that has changed the game in my style journey. Do you feel like you're stuck in a fashion rut wearing the same things over and over and you just don't have time or energy to revamp your wardrobe? Well, I've got a solution for you and it's called Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is like having your own personal style partner who is dedicated to helping you look and feel your best. You start by sharing your style preferences, sizes, and budget with a quick style quiz. Then, like magic, Stitch Fix sends you a curated selection of five amazing items right to your doorstep. Yep, you heard me right. No need to leave the house or spend hours browsing through stores. Your stylist will handpick pieces just for you, collaborating with you to create styles that you will absolutely love, all while keeping your budget in mind. But here's the best part. 
You get to try everything on in the comfort of your own home. No harsh dressing room lighting, can I get an amen, (laughs) or long lines at the checkout. Keep what you love and send back the rest. And guess what? Shipping and returns are always free. Stitch Fix understands that style isn't a one-size-fits-all. They offer sizes from extra small to 3XL, so you're sure to find the perfect fit no matter what season of life that you're in. And here's the icing on the cake. Over time, Stitch Fix and their seasoned style experts get to know you even better. They'll match you with greater precision to find those perfect pieces based on your likes and dislikes. It's like having a personal fashion guru who's always one step ahead. So whether you're looking to revamp your wardrobe, try new styles and brands, or just simplify your fashion life, Stitch Fix has got you covered. Trust me, it is so easy and you are going to love the results. I love getting my Stitch Fix each month. They totally get my style and send me shirts, pants, and accessories that I would have picked out for myself. So thankful for Stitch Fix. They just get me and they're going to get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash CWK and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash CWK. Stitchfix.com slash CWK. I love that story because I've said it on here before, but a lot of times when God's given me a promise and a prophetic word, it was because I was about to need it. And I think my young self and even Russell's young self, when we'd get a prophetic word, we're like, oh, this is awesome. It's going to happen next week. Yeah. Like (laughs) the Lord is good and he, he's given us favor and all these things, which is true. But we were, we didn't know that when he said, you're on a fast track that fast track would be 10 years. Right. You know, absolutely. (laughs) But we, because we needed it. Yeah. We needed to hold on to something tangible. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that in our story, it's similar. Like I prayed for so many specific things Mm -hmm. that came true that like when hard things come in marriage, which they do. You can look back. Yes. And say, God did this. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said that it's not like, basically it's not prescriptive. Like my story, your story, they're not the same, but God did similar things. Yeah. And isn't it, te- doesn't it mean testimony? Like he did it once, he'll do it again. Yeah, do it again. Do yeah. it again. And like that is the power of it. And that's why I was so excited for you to come tell your story because, first of all, that story is unbelievable. Like, I mean, it, it's believable. I believe it. My favorite is when I like encounter someone who's like deeply saturated in like the spirit and experiences. And they're like, it's, you're not going to believe it. I'm like, oh, yes, I will. Oh, I yeah. will believe you. I want a crazy story. Yes. I don't want like, like just nice stories that we like say, look what God did. But you're like, really, did he? Like, yeah. you know, I want stuff that's like that that has the impossible all over it. Yes. And that has like, I don't know, where, when you tell it, people feel it. Mm-hmm. Like not just like say, oh, that's nice, you know. Yeah. We need more stories like that. We don't need like good ideas that we, we say God sponsored, you know, we don't need to even micro, you know, I've been really challenged, challenged so much lately about just, um, wait patiently for the Lord. Um, because like there really is, you have, once God has given you a promise, you have every opportunity, especially in Western culture to, to like micromanage heaven mm. and make it happen on your terms. You know, I could have gone and like found someone and then like, you know, kind of put them in this, in this framework that God had given me and, and, and made it believable that God did this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but you know, God had said to me, mail comes to you. You don't have to go searching mm-hmm. for it. Like, yeah. and I'm like, okay. So I would see like a good looking guy at church and I'd be like, you know what? Mail comes to you, you know, yeah. all good. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> mail comes to you. yeah, mail comes to you. Like it's in the mail, mail comes to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, you got to be so careful about not get, not just not only just like getting a promise, but then what, not waiting for like what just what God wants to do, but waiting for how He wants to do it. Mm. You know, because half the time He's trying to reveal to you who He wants to be for you in this season, and it it grows. Like I, every single experience, you do a small step of faith or a small step of this, mm-hmm. and He shows up. And yep. then the next time you're like, okay, you did it, so you'll do it again. Yeah. And a lot of times when you pray for patience, he'll give you the opportunity to be patient. Absolutely. (laughs) When you pray for peace, he will give you the opportunity to be peaceful in a stormy situation, you know, and, and I'm so thankful that I have those pillars to stand on and you do too. And that's just my hope for everyone is that you would give him the opportunity to show himself because he will. And you'll know, like I was reading um, when Jesus reappeared after the resurrection and he was on the road with his disciples and they didn't recognize him, right? And 
after he's revealed, after they break bread and they realize it and he vanishes, they said, didn't our, like, didn't our souls burn as he was telling us stories? Right. And there's something to that. Like when you hear mm-hmm. stories of God, there's like a burning in your soul that you're like, yeah. this seems unbelievable. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I recognize I that it. God. Yeah, I know it to be true. Yeah. Like, yeah, I see it. Even if even if you've never met God like that before, yeah. like there's something about you meet someone who's like, who knows Jesus and is like a friend of God. Yeah. And there's just something about him that you're like, yeah. I want to be close to you. Yeah. Tell me more. You know? Granted, that's if the person is like non the judgmental type of Christian, right. which is what we all aspire to be. Yeah, let's try not to be. Yeah, there's those plenty kind of, of people who are like, I'm a Christian, and they're like the worst person you've met. We we don't yes. advocate being like that. No, and I don't think any Christian's perfect. I think everyone's yeah. just forgiven, and you know, no one's trying to win an award for being like the worst human on the planet. You know, like I, you know, I don't think anyone's going into their day thinking, how can I like be like the best nominee for a horrible person? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you yeah. know, but. There is something about like, yeah, even even when people don't know God and you tell your story and it's like it's full of testimony, you know, their spirits recognize it. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we try and dumb things down for people that maybe are in a, you know, not in a faith culture. We try and dumb it down and be like super accessible and like how can yeah. we be super relevant? And I'm, I'm kind of anti that because I think you can be relatable without having to dumb down a story because you've got to remember people still have a spirit and like their spirit's greatest longing is the things of God and eternity is still written on their hearts. So when you talk about the things of like the unseen realm or the things that that God wants to do for them, like, you know, they recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, I didn't really know how my podcast was going to go. I was just like, I'm just going to do this. I felt like God said to do it. So I'm going to do it. And like, I think it was like by season four, I had Alex on. We're like just talking about the spirit of God. The best. I was like, deep dive. You know, I was like, we're going to go all in because people need the real deal of Jesus. They need him alive on the earth today. They need his spirit. We all need a spirit. I need a spirit. Yeah. Desperately. I need and a don't spirit. you want an advocate? Like, yes. Don't you want someone who is interested in your story? Like I have this thing that I always say because I think there's a massive disconnect even in the church of like God can and he will. And I'm like, that is true, but he can and he will and he wants to. Yeah. And if you stop it, he will, then you'll believe often you'll believe he, he, he'll do it for everybody else except for you. Ooh. But I'm like, no, he can, he will, and he wants to. Like yeah. he's a dad. Like he, his heart is so for you. Like half the time the desires that we have in our heart, God wants it to happen more than even you want it to happen. Mm. Like it's just that he wants to bring it about in a way where you know it was him, mm. you know. So I think, you know, there can be a disconnect there of people believing like hypothetically God can and will. But, you know, to really partner in your heart with like but he, he truly cares about me. And he really wants to, you know, he really wants to be kind. He really wants to be intentional. He really wants to orchestrate something that I could not have done on my own so that he would, he would actually get the glory, you know? Yeah. Like how much more peace would you have if you knew the outcome, right? You're like, yeah. well, he's going to do it. So how much more peace would you have in it? Yeah. And that's where he's coming from because yeah. he knows the end from the beginning. Yep. Absolutely. So he's not, he's that not was worried. the whole the beauty of Jesus' life. He was not in a hurry. Yeah. He wasn't rushing. He wasn't concerned about all the things that everyone around him was so concerned with. Totally. You know, and like like the first thing he said to the disciples on that road was peace be with you. Yeah. Like Absolutely. how much more peace? Like when I think about if I knew every single detail how I was going to pan out, I feel peace. Yeah. And I'm like we should be feeling that all the time on because the red, he yeah. knows the end from the beginning. Right. Honestly, it's like a friendship with someone, you know, where you know, I might not know exactly what they're going to do or how they're going to do it, but like, I really trust them as a friend. And like, yeah. so I know what their heart is, you know, so I can trust that it's going to be good, whether it's in the framework that I understand or not. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about, a, so obviously your husband is a gift from God, oh, right? Yes. But He's, in life relationship, like there's going to be hard things. Oh yeah. Right. Like how have you navigated since finding your like custom made restoration hardware? <laughs> Perfect couch yes. for you. Yes. A sete, if you will. Yes. I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think he was in, in the... I think he's probably some massive... massive he's probably like the cloud couch. The cl- oh, um, Yeah, he's probably the cloud. You know, it's it's so funny. The, the whole thing of like I get a promise and then it's just all roses, like that's just not true. Yeah. You know, um, 
but I think you have to keep, if, if you've got a track record and you've got a promise from God, the great thing is like when you look back, you can go, okay, God did this over and over again. You can say God did this, you know? So, you know, one of the things we had to navigate was just like a breakdown in communication from being from different cultures, you know? Yeah. I was from Australia and he was from like the South. And like, so I would say things like, can you pack the hose up? And he would drive it back to Home Depot. And I would be like, why'd you do that? <laughs> he would say, oh, where is, where's my, like, where's my gym shirt? And I'll be like, it's on the bench. And he's like, we don't even own a bench. And I'm like, Yes, we. Do. It's in the kitchen. It's on the bench, and he's like, "We don't even own a bench." And I'm like, "It's in the kitchen on the bench." Like, and you know, I meant counter, but I we don't say counter in Australia. We would say the bench. You know, a counter is a bench. A counter is a bench. I learned. I learned this today. I'm today years old. Yes, I did not know that. So you know, so that that has been quite funny. And then honestly, we're both incredibly strong personalities. Probably the biggest hurdle we had to get over was he was vegan when we met. Like, oh wow, yeah, I had to like. Definitely, like, do some prayer and fasting about that. <laughs> is he still? No, he's, like, a meditarian now. Um, he put on, like, 40 pounds of muscle and he was like, okay, I'm into meat now. <laughs> yeah, let this be a lesson that there are deal breakers and then there are, like, things that can change about yeah. a person. You know, like, I wouldn't say someone's meal preference is… It's a deal breaker. No. It's a bit silly. It cha- Things that change with the weather, like, yeah. let them go. Absolutely. You know? And, you know, we sometimes look at, like where someone is like 10 years from where we want to be and we want we want that version. And I'm like, but I can honestly say Joran has made me a way better version of myself and I hopefully have made him a way better version of himself, you know. I don't think you go into it being like, I, you know, I think, yes, have have like things in your heart that, that, you're, that matter to you and that you can present to God and say this matters. Um, but I don't think you, you know, you're not a finished product and you're not perfect. That is so good, yes. You know? So as far as like navigating stuff, like, you know, the language barrier thing, <laughs> which of all things, who would have thought? Um, and then we're both very strong personalities. You know, Joran has been incredibly good for me at learning to verbally apologize because I tend to be someone who I mean, sorry, and I will absolutely change my behavior, but I, I, I wasn't good at letting the person know uh, like, Hey, I am so sorry. Oh, wow. So he's, he's way better at that. And he's actually a very transparent person, you know, He'll come and he'll be like, well, you know how I said, like, I don't know where your cake went. Well, I did eat it. And like, you know, he's like someone who like will fess up. And so that's like been challenging for me as well, where I, you know, I want to be someone who lives like really transparent, like as transparent as that, where you're just confessing about the stupidest things, you know, like cake, you know? Um, so that's been really good. And and I think he's also made me um, less reactive. You know, I was, I was incredibly reactive in my twenties which I think was just self-protection, you know? Yeah. But it's yeah. amazing how like, yeah, like you get with someone and they they draw things out of you that maybe no one else could have. So those are some things that like I think we've had to navigate, you know. I, I love that. Yeah. we've I talk a lot about on here like it should be when you're dating and you're in a space to you're still making decisions about who you're picking. Yeah. It should be easy. Yeah. Like, like who you're not not the picking, not the dating – but your person. Yeah. Like it should be comfortable and peaceful. Yeah. And, and you should be able to be yourself. Yes. And it shouldn't be this. I think there's this toxic view of relationships that if there's a passion that is needed that comes with it being volatile and like yeah. toxic, like yeah. fighting and then passionate makeup and then fighting and like that's like what love. a horrible way to live. Horrible way to live. I imagine and like your you can have would get very high. <laughs> You can have passion in peaceful places. Yeah. You don't absolutely. need I think there's like this lie that like, well, we like if we're gonna have a passionate romantic relationship, we also are gonna fight passionately. And that I just don't think that's true. No. I think that's just a lack of maturity. Yes. You know, I think like if you can't fight well, you know, which is like you Joran and I fight like lawyers. Like, you know, we will like both present our case and then decide like, you know, then make a ruling on it and decide yeah. who's got the stronger case. You know, that's kind of how we that's fight. That's kind of how we are too. I'm like, we have disagreements. <clears throat> like we disagree on yeah. things plenty, but we don't like fight. Yeah, we have like There's a, no yelling. There's yeah, no we have screaming. a rule like that as well. Like no yelling, no screaming, no name calling. No, that's just like that. I can't even fathom calling him a name. No. I really can't. No. And that may sound 
shocking to some people. Right. Like, and I just like, if that's the case, like, please, I don't know, go please find some therapy. Yeah, it and, doesn't like, help. Yeah, no, like you don't want to live a life like that. <clears throat> no. And, you know, can I put one other please thing do. out there is, um, you know, if you're if you're having a disagreement, no exaggerating. Oh, I love that. Um, just because that never goes well, you know? Yeah. And it's unfair. Yeah. You know, we have a rule. Well, it's not even a rule. It's just kind of an unspoken thing in our house that, you know, if if you have said sorry and, and then, you know, I've if Jordan has said sorry for something and, I, and I've forgiven it, then, like, I can't keep penalizing him for that. And so I think it's really important, even if it's, even if it's a pattern, you've got to give people, like, a chance to repent and, like, to change. And I don't think change always happens overnight. Um, I think, you know, real forgiveness is, like, if God can forget it, so can you. Like, mm, so you know, and... and Forgetting it is a bit of a choice, you know. So, not that I'm encouraging, you know, the same bad behavior over and over again, but I am encouraging, like, if you're going to keep penalizing someone, I don't think anybody ever learns from shame. So, that's something that we do in our house. I love that because, yeah, if you are in a situation that someone is continuing to do what mm -hmm. they have apologized for, then they are not sorry or repentant, right? In that situation, but bringing up things that you have forgiven is incredibly unfair like god yeah. does not do that with us yeah and it doesn't feel like you've really forgiven it then no it feels like you're gathering like ammunition for like the next fight so you can present your case yes. which i think that's really dangerous yes it is it's you know really unfair and i encourage seeing you know some help or asking holy spirit the ultimate counselor always ask holy spirit why am i doing this what do i need to heal what do i need to forgive but something i personally do in disagreements or anything like that or someone who's wronged me in any way i don't say it's okay yeah that i think that's really because good. it's not okay and i say i forgive you which is a lot harder to say it was at first it was like kind of like clunky to say yeah because you just want to be like, it's okay, it's fine. Which I, I have a bad habit of doing that. And yeah. I've realized it's like, you know, you'd think I have a pretty strong personality. You'd think I'd be, I think everyone thinks I'm like confrontational as all get out. But, you know, actually I'm someone who like, you know, there's a peacemaker side of me where I just, I don't want to confront things. Mm. Um, and I have a habit of, I'm actually really, I'm, I'm good at forgiving. Like, and I'm quick to forgive. And I learned that from my mom because she was, she grew up abused and like she's just so good at forgiving you know um so I learned that from my mom and watching how she did it but I think there is a difference between being quick to forgive and like not permitting bad behavior right you know or affirming bad behavior you know you don't have to say oh it's all right you know yeah We're, it's not all right it's not you, you can change your behavior but I forgive you and I love you yep I can forgive you I will forgive yeah. you and we can move on yeah but then you have to <laughs> then you have to forgive and you have them. to move on you know <laughs> Hi friends, one last break to share an amazing new sponsor. As a new mom, the importance of sleep is critical. Sleep is a top priority in our home. And that's why I'm so excited to partner with Hatch as we make sleep our simplest self-care routine with the Hatch Restore. The Hatch Restore is your bedside sleep guide. The innovative all-in-one dream machine is a sophisticated sound machine, light, and alarm clock beautifully designed by your bedside table. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, which is why the Hatch Restore was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for your life. It teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. It can also lead you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that make the time before and after sleep peaceful and calm, if that's something you're into. When I tell you that I am obsessed with our Hatch Restore, I mean it. It has been a game changer for us at home and especially traveling on the bus. My favorite thing is the subtle clock so that I can see the time at any time without touching my phone. Our bedroom on the bus doesn't have any windows, so the sunrise alarm, don't worry, it doesn't get you up at sunrise. But whenever you'd like to get up, it mimics the sunrise. And it has been such a nice way to wake us up and let us know that it's daytime in our blackout back of the bus. The Hatch Restore has really transformed my sleeping patterns by supporting our natural circadian rhythms, and it really has made all the difference in the world. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash cwk. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore. Go to hatch.co slash cwk to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash cwk.
Okay, I want you to tell another epic <laughs> Mia Field story. Part of the reason you're here, I actually, I started doing coffee with Kaylee's in real life at shows, like before oh, the shows. And it is my favorite thing. That's so fun. I love it. It's turned into like an unofficial Bible study, basically, for me on the road. Like yeah, I have like this sweet little community of girls who come together and some husbands or some guys by themselves. Actually, I don't know if a guy's come by himself, but the girls come. Maybe they should come and then like, see what the girls are Honestly, there. Honestly, if you're looking, looking for a lady. Right. A beautiful story for them. Yes, that's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> maybe maybe there's someone listening and God's telling you to go to a coffee with Kaylee because yes. you never know who'll be there. You never know. Well, I really think it's sweet. I've looked around at the girls there, been like, hey, you guys all live in the same city and you, you all have this in common. Like, be friends. Like, look around, introduce yeah. yourselves, you know. But I say all that to say there's a lot of a lot of people at each of them. I'd say a small handful that are going through infertility right. or some kind of struggle going through. And I didn't actually have infertility. We had just like a, a year of trying, like nine months of trying. Yeah. And so I, as much as I want to be like, I totally relate. There's pieces of our story that are definitely hard when it comes to having children, but mm -hmm. it doesn't, it does not compare to what the, some of these stories I've heard. Yeah. And so I love giving a microphone quite literally <laughs> to people who have been through the really hard stuff and can speak to and encourage what my people are going through. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I, I sometimes hear other people's stories and I think, gosh, I didn't have to believe for 10 years, you know. I didn't have to navigate, like, the unknown. You know, I have so, like, so many people reach out and they'll say, you know, we've been basically given a diagnosis of, like, we don't know why, you know. I think that's sometimes harder than knowing why, yeah. you know, or or having, like, factors that you know why. But, um, you know, Joran and I had been married for two or three years but we got married old so like we thought oh gosh we better get onto it with kids even though God's on his own time you know yeah yeah um God knew exactly what he was doing so if if you got married at 40 and you want kids then God knows what he's doing you know um well we I got married at like 34 and then I was like 36 you know we we're like yeah we you know we want kids and so we probably should start trying and I'd had like a bit of like a few health issues not like major ones just um, I was quite anemic and didn't know why. So for like a year and a half, two years, I was I was going to doctors in America trying to figure out why I was so anemic. And I'm not allowed to say period on this. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. You know, and I had had like, you know, like I hope a boy is listening to this is going to be helpful for your future. <laughs> but I had quite like incredibly heavy, painful periods and we they couldn't figure out why. And so, you know, the solution was always to try and offer me stronger pain meds. And I just was like, this is not helpful. Um, and I ended up getting so anemic that um, I actually was like two points away from needing a blood transfusion oh before gosh. they would give me even an iron transfusion. And so I was home in Australia one one year for Christmas and I just walked into a doctor off the street and I said, hey, look, this is the issues I'm having. And he said, oh, do you want to go down to QScan, you know, like this afternoon? And I said, yeah, that's great. And it's like this place they do ultrasounds and x-rays and you can just walk, walk in, you know. So I got a referral and I walked in and they did a scan and um, that night I had this dream that I was pregnant with twins, 20 weeks pregnant with twins. And one was um, a one was a bigger twin and one was smaller, which they were inside me, but I knew that. And I was I knew in my heart, like one's bigger and one's smaller. I remember saying to God, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Um, I say, say to God, there was a doctor in the room, but I knew the doctor in the dream <laughs> was God. Um, and he held my shoulders and he said, everything's okay. You know, everything's going to be okay. And and I woke up and I, I didn't, you know, have like an interpretation for the dream, like right away. But I just remember feeling peace and going, okay. And I said to, I remember saying to Joy, and I had this dream. I was pregnant with like two babies and one was bigger and one was smaller. And the doctor said everything was okay. And I was 20 weeks pregnant. Well, the next morning I, um, I actually got the report back from QScan and they said, um, your womb has grown to 20 weeks pregnant and there's two tumors in there. One is bigger and one is smaller. And oh I remembered the doctor in the dream saying everything's okay, you've got nothing to worry about. And so in my heart I was like, I know this is not like some terminal diagnosis. I know it's like not, it's not going to be a, a huge deal and I know it's not going to prevent me from having kids. And um, but it's something we're going to have to deal with because I shouldn't be 20 weeks pregnant in my uterus, you know, right. and I shouldn't have tumours in there. And, you know, I went, um, I took the results and I, I took it home 
to Nashville and, and found someone who is um, a fibroid specialist because that's what they were. They were fibroids, um, which, you know, sometimes there's a bit of confusion. People be like, oh, my gosh, I've had cysts as well. And I'm like, yes, those are hard. This is not that, you know. Yeah. Um, I also had those, but this was yeah. not that. Um, these were like, you know, masses. Like, you know, and if I showed you a photo now, you would probably be like a little bit like, like in like. Yeah, I don't do well with stuff like that. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Like <laughs> nope. I, wa- I wanted to watch my cesarean, but they wouldn't let me. Nope, nope. Um, so um, I saw this doctor in Nashville and, and she said, you know, okay, well, you know, we have to cut those out because they're taking up so much room that like even if you wanted to get pregnant, you couldn't. And I was like, okay. And um, I was like, kind of excited about it because I was like, yes, this is like going to put me on the right track. It's going to get me back to, you know, feeling good and and so I was like, yeah, great. So keyhole surgery. Um, and she said, and she just shook her head. And and I was like, well, what do you mean? Because I was thinking they were just going to go in there and just do some like little tiny like incisions. And she said, no, actually we have to do open abdominal surgery. And so I. Like a C-section. I had to have a C-section oh, to cut gosh. them out. And I went into the hospital that day and it was supposed to take like two or three hours and it ended up taking about seven hours. And my poor husband was in the waiting room and I didn't come and get him for ages. But I remember waking up in recovery and my husband just with tears in his eyes just said, love, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but they've taken one of your ovaries as well. Mm. And I remember just looking at him and feeling a little bit of shame, you know, like that you didn't ask for this. Man, that's going to make me cry. Um, Tears are also welcome here. But like you didn't ask for this and this is not your fault. And like kind of feeling like this is all me, you know. Um, And I remember looking up at him and saying, that's okay. We'll just call the other one here ovary and it can be the hero of the story. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so I said, that's okay. We'll just, you know. And then we had to wait six months before we were even allowed to try again because it was quite an aggressive surgery. The, The tumors were growing through the muscle of of my uterus, you know, there's three kinds of fibroids. I have the ones you don't want and the ones that really do affect pregnancy. And so uh, we had to wait six months because it was such an aggressive surgery. And then um, after six months, we started trying. And I'm telling you, every month we'd be so full of hope because God had like really spoken to us during those six months and said, I'm going to take your story from a beautiful story to a miracle story. Mm. And I was kind of like, like, what am like a miracle, that means I'm going to have to believe. Like, means I'm going to need a miracle. Oh, gosh. You're like, more faith. I'm like, I'm like, really? Can't we ever do anything the easy way, God? <laughs> Please. Which, but you know what? Like, yeah. You know, the fruit of like doing things God's way is like, is so different to the fruit of you just orchestrating yourself or doing it yourself, you know? Um, so for six months or like a year, like for a year, we tried um, to get pregnant. And we like, every month I would be like convinced I'm like full pregnant. And like, I mean, to the point where I would be in denial. Like I would be like, it's not, it's not a period. It's, it's implantation yeah. bleeding. And <laughs> yeah. I would tell Been myself there. it's implantation bleeding. And I would like, I would pee on the sticks and I would make myself believe like, yes, the line is going to come up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they never did, you know, and I know what that's like. I think every woman knows to a diff- certain extent when you're trying for a kid and you have that in your heart, you know, to like, to, to see that line not there mm-hmm. is just, it actually like is so incredibly disappointing, yeah. you know, and and to have to go through that every month, like yeah. the reminder of it every month is is awful, you know. And so in that time we, we didn't get pregnant and we were just believing. And honestly, even before I had the surgery, I was really believing that God would heal me and that they would look and, and, and go, oh, the fibroids have disappeared. But that's not what happened, you know. I had to walk it out differently to the mm-hmm. way I thought. But I still had this promise that God was going to give me a miracle, you know. And so we got like kind of two years into it and um, and just still hadn't got pregnant. And so I'd gone, you know, I ended up having to have, uh, I can't remember what it's called, sonohistogram or something like that. I don't know. I had that done and then um, and then I had another scan and, and they said, we're really sorry, but those tumors have grown back. <sighs> And I was like so gutted, you know, so gutted because I was like, I just don't want to have to do this again, you know. Mm-hmm. And and again, I really believed I was going to get healed and, and, and it just didn't happen the way I thought. So I had to go in for the surgery again. And this time they were able to do it a different way because they were a little bit smaller. Like the first time they were literally the size of a mango and, the, and a tennis ball, you know. This time they were a bit smaller, but essentially it was preventing me getting pregnant and like creating like this inf- infertility issue. I, I said that with like, for those people listening, I said that yeah. with like air quote marks, infertility. Um, 
it was creating an infertility issue because my my uterus couldn't line properly, so nothing could implant properly. Um, and anyway, they went in and they cut them out again, and and then they started sending us to um, a fertility clinic, and they were basically like, you know, you're for, like you're you're getting close to forty. I was like maybe. 38 or 39 at the time you're getting close to 40 you know you've got one ovary your uterus keeps growing tumors you know it's just it's not looking good and I and I go okay like and I just kind of made this like choice in my heart that I wasn't going to let anyone speak infertility over me yeah you know just because it kind of wasn't an infertility issue it was a space issue um yeah I was just trying to evict some like false, like counterfeit versions of babies, you know. But you know, I think it is important what you speak over yourself, and it and and that you don't let uh, a diagnosis or something that's not of God, don't let that become your identity. Yeah, you know, so good because it can become part of your story. But you know, you don't want the test to be the point. You want the testimony to be the point. You know. Mm. And so actually it was something that we never even shared with like anyone except for our community, you know. I didn't I didn't post about it on Instagram and sometimes if if you if you want to do that and you want to invite people yeah. along for the journey that's that's wonderful. I'm um, I love people in, to like I like to tell the story from the 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 end to the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. because I I think there's something cool about that. So that we ended up going to um fertility clinic and they they want us to try IUI, which is for those of you who don't know, it's essentially just getting the sperm <laughs> close to the finish line. Um, so they basically put a catheter inside you and they instead of like, this is such a good like doctor's lesson for people. Like, yeah. I'm like, come, teach him, teach come him. to my medical college. Um, <laughs> like, I will certify you in nothing. Um, but Mia MD over yeah, here. Yeah, don't you worry. <laughs> but anyway, IUI is this, just because I don't want to confuse it with IVF. Like, But IUI is where they, they take a catheter and they basically um, – put this put the sperm into you into your uterus when you're ovulating so it has like less far to travel yeah so um they just really set you up to win yeah they're like here like run the short the short race not the marathon yeah so um we, we did that like three times and then they said you can't do it anymore like because it's not working and so I convinced them to let me do it two more times and on the fifth time they basically just said like you're out of options, like you can't do this anymore and like you're out of options. Um, you could maybe try IVF but that's probably not going to work either. And, you know, God hadn't said to me do IVF, you know, and that was something I didn't have peace about. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to do something that unless God has like given me framework to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in anything that you're doing, you really do have to go to God and say like, how do you want to do this and how do I partner with you? Um so, you know, they'd said to us, you're out of options. And I, and I looked at the doctor and I said, you know, I understand you have to tell me what you're medically seeing. And I understand that like, you know, we haven't got pregnant this far and like you've done your part, but respectfully, I'm not out of options. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why, I think that's why you have to get a promise from God, because if you don't have a promise to hold on to, you will literally hold on to the words that have been spoken over you and you'll hold so on to the good. diagnosis that's been spoken over you. And that will become the loudest thing. And that will become the thing that like is always the reference point for me and for Joran. Our reference point was like God can, he will, and he wants to. And that he said, I'm taking your story from a beautiful story to a miracle story. So I said, respectfully, like, I disagree. Mm. Um, I will call you when I'm pregnant. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were actually at our church conference that um, that week, like the, that day that I that I got that diagnosis, and we went we went back to I went back to the church conference, and you know, Alex was there, who's been on your podcast. Alex was there, and she said, like, just halfway through, like, preaching, she goes, "Actually, Mia, do you mind if we pray for you?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, you know, it's kind of vulnerable because, like, you know, like I said before, like I knew it was me. You know, it wasn't Joran. You know, mm-hmm. so they, you can either like partner with shame in that moment, like oh, I did something wrong, or like I'm the problem, or whatever. Or you can partner with like this is a great opportunity, like to, for it, like you know, to have people speak life over me and believe that God can and He will and He wants to. Um, so she prayed for me, and she said, like, you know, just prayed that we would we would get pregnant. She said, you know, you, you've been fruitful in the natural. We just believe you're going to be fruitful in the spirit as well and fruitful in your womb. And, um, 
two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant, <laughs> which, you know, I don't think is about like the, like a magical moment, but I yeah. think it's so beautiful that like, you know, every person in that room got to see a real life miracle, yeah. you know, like that when I said like, Hey, I'm pregnant, you know, so many people messaged me like, Oh my gosh, like I was there, I prayed for you. And I'm like, that's so wonderful. Cause it not only, it's not only like, a, like a, something that like built my faith and like, you know, was like just such a beautiful thing to have people along the journey to partner with us, but it also builds their faith. And here's the crazy thing. Actually, in that meeting, there was another girl called Mia who was also struggling with infertility Whoa. and she got pregnant as well, which I'm like, how cool is God that like, yes. like this girl's like, I know they're technically not praying for me, but my name is Mia. So I receive, I it. receive it. And honestly, that's faith. Like, you know, yeah. that's testimony. That's faith, you know, where you can like reach out and say like, God, even if it specifically isn't for me, I know that it is because I know that you're not, you know, it's a pie. Everyone gets their own pie factory. It's not cutting up pieces of the pie and I'm I'm taking the smallest piece. It's not like that. You know, it's like she got a pie, I'll take a pie, you know, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, which is just so beautiful. And then, you know, here the, the, the beautiful thing about like, you know, waiting on God is like, I know that I know that I know that I know that God did, did this for us. Yeah. And it was really great to be able to call the fertility clinic and be like, guess what? I'm pregnant. And they were like, oh, I mean, okay. Like I, they weren't that excited because I think they were like, dang it, we've we've just lost out on a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Fair. you know, I think they, maybe they thought I was crazy, but I'm like, I might be crazy, but I've got good fruit because now yeah. I actually am pregnant. And again, it was that thing of like, you know, you you may get a promise, you may get your breakthrough and now you got to walk it out because, you know, Pregnancy is a scary thing, especially mm. your first pregnancy where yes. you don't know what to expect. And like I had to like really believe like the whole time, like I'm not going to lose this baby. Mm. Nothing's going to be wrong. Everything's going to be okay. Like God has said she'll be a miracle story. And the beautiful thing was we always had a girl's name and, mm. and you know, Joran secretly wanted to be a girl dad first. Mm. I had a, we had a girl's name. We never really had a boy's name. And, you know, we found out we were having a girl and honestly, it was a, a very miraculous pregnancy. I wasn't sick at all the whole time. I, you know, I, I was still, I still just kept doing everything I was doing, you know, yeah. and it was just a really easy, easy pregnancy, you know, and we'd actually had a lot of people speak over a stubble portion. So actually one of the f first things I did when I got pregnant was like, how many's in there? Is it just like one baby <laughs> or two baby? Which is valid because I'm a triplet. So, um, but you know, when, when they did that, our first initial like ultrasound, they actually found that those tumors had grown back and they said, look, these tumors are going to grow because there's so much, you know, blood and hormones and everything going mm. to your womb. So they're going to grow with her. And then they, um, at 20 weeks, they also said, uh, actually her cord is marginal, which means, you know, when there's you, the placenta has like the umbilical cord and the umbilical cord goes from the center of the placenta to the baby. Um, when it's marginal, it means the cord is on the very edge of the placenta, which then they start to worry that this kid's going to be malnourished, they're going to have development issues, all that sort of thing. Like they're going to be very small. And, you know, so we had like, cool, I've got tumours back in there again with my baby, One's the, one that's growing right near her face, and then I have like this marginal cord. Yeah, but that's devastating news. Yeah, devastating news. And like something that I could choose to really worry about, but because, you know, it's why I say get a promise. Get a promise from God yeah. because like that is like you can take that to the bank, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we just chose not to worry about it, you know. And, and when I say chose, I mean it was a choice every day to not yeah. worry about it. And um you know, the double portion for us was that, you know, I'd said to my doctor, you know, can we cut these tumours out when I have this baby? Because I had to have a C-section. Um, and she said, no, we can't because there's going to be too much blood loss, which was devastating for me because I was like, now I'm going to have to have another surgery. This would have been your third, right? Yeah. Third plus a C-section. So I'm like, I can't just keep, you can't just keep cutting into my stomach, you know? Um, and, you know, she said, you know, there's a very, very small chance, like we've had it happen before when we deliver the baby. Sometimes the, the fibroids deliver themselves. And I'm like, that sounds disgusting, but, um, <laughs> but let's do it. But I said, I'm going to have that. And she, <laughs> yes. and she laughed and she goes, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I remember when they, when they delivered our little girl booth, um, I was like lying on the table and they were cleaning her up. And one of the nurses goes, oh my gosh, what is that? And like, my, my surgeon goes, ugh, it's a fibroid. And I was like, so, and I, I just go, 
yes. I said, <laughs> cut it out, Amanda. Like, and then so she, like she, they ended up being able to take all of those. And I thought, God, you're so faithful. Like, you know, you promised us a double portion. We got this double miracle of like our, our, our miracle girl who came out not malnourished, not mm. like with any developmental things, came out absolutely perfect. And, you know, and we also got like, you know, a fresh start, like where I didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to close me up with tumors still inside me. Yeah. So, you know, God is so good. I just love like your perspective on the whole story. Like most people would hear that and be like, I had a horrible pregnancy. I had like on the surface level, that is what that is. And you're like, yeah. I had a miracle story. Oh my gosh. I had the and, greatest pregnancy and you ever. Did, you did. But like exactly like what you said earlier, you find what you look for. Yeah. And I feel like it's my life mission too, to be like, I want to see your miracles in my life. Yeah. I want to see the impossible. And that's what we get to see. That's what you've seen. Right. And it's just quite literally a beautiful story, which is a song that Mia has on Spotify. You can go check it out. It's, which is so funny. You know, one of the ways that I've, I've walked through, you know, I write songs for a living. And one of the ways that I have dealt with every season is I've, I've moved in the opposite spirit in the songs that I write, you know. So it's funny. We actually do have another song now called Miracle Story. Oh. You know, and like just writing these songs before before you've actually seen the fulfillment of it, but writing them before you've even seen the beginning of the story, you know, writing them from a promise that you have. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the way that you should pray. I think that's the way that you should thank God. I think that's the way that you should like let your conversation frame your situation is like you're you're coming from the place of like God is good. God is doing something amazing because that's his nature. Yeah. So. Thank you for telling us every bit of these stories. You're oh, an you inspiration. I'm so glad I have you in my life for the hard things. And the... I'm so glad I have you in my life. You've sent me my favorite baby things. <laughs> it's been an honor. You like, know? You've saved my life with that baby Bjorn. <laughs> Guys, I, I have to make a like a must-have newborn Yeah, must-have list. baby list. Yeah, because I'm pretty passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I wish I had I just that. kept sending her stuff. I was like, you need this. It wasn't on your list. You need this. Uh, right, and honestly, it's all the stuff that I actually did need and the stuff that I that I thought I needed, I didn't need and hasn't been used. So, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. That's how we get there. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Love you. How incredible is she? She is one of those people you just want a pen and paper to write down every bit of wisdom that she has so that you never, ever forget it. She is incredible. Next week, we have one of my very best besties in the entire world here and a returning guest. Miss Daniela Young. If you're looking for more episodes and haven't heard hers, I highly recommend going back to episodes 21 and 22 this week while you wait for next week's episode. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>